Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining me tonight on episode 24, season two, The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Good evening, Richie. Um, another good win, a uh, good weekend, but it was quite predictable, being the first time we actually got all our picks right. Um, and topping it all off, we had a Warriors win, um, and also a win that gave us plenty of talking points. Um, so what did you think of the round? Yeah, evening, Brad. Uh, yeah, enjoyable round. Yeah, a lot of talking points indeed. A bit of sledging, a bit of biff. Um, and the top eight races heating up. So exciting exactly. times. Definitely. Now, while we're here live on Wednesday evenings, 8 p.m., you can also catch our show at your convenience on our podcast at iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week. We'll then go and review the Round 21 matches and our picks. Uh, then we'll stop to answer some questions from you guys as well as some questions we have for each other um, before we review round 22 and make our picks. And then time pending, hopefully um, we can cover some Super League. Um, so remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show and we may as well just jump straight into the top stories, Richie. Sure. Um, first one's kind of a, a non-story now. Uh, but the NRL has stated that they're open to having the grand final in New Zealand, um, depending on how their situation goes over there. But um, Jacinda Ardern's come out um, recently and said that if they wanted to bring it here, there's no bending of the rules. They'd have to um, go through quarantine, which has basically um, squashed any reality of it happening, as slim as I thought it was anyway. Um, what do you think, one, on their openness to bring it over here and, two, the fact that it probably won't happen? Uh, it would have been cool to bring it here. I, I've never made it to a grand final myself, and that would have been my best chance yet. I uh, always wanted to go to one. Um, I can kind of understand the stance of, of not bending rules, but, um, yeah, it's nice that the, the NRL were open to looking at the possibility because, you know, it's talks of having a big game here, whether it be a grand final or, or a um, state of origin, have been floated in the past, and... Um, 
you know, hopefully one day that happens and we can get to go along. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the closest I got to going to a grand final was 2011 when the Warriors were there. I got tickets, but I couldn't get flights. Um, so a um, friend of ours bought the tickets off me um, to go and enjoy the game instead. But yeah, I think it'd be great if they came here, but um, there's no beating around the bush. It's not a let's give it to New Zealand because they deserve it. It's a, it's a money thing. It's um, for sure. Sure. Have a have a full stadium at Eden Park, um, as horrible as that stadium is, or um, an empty stadium in Australia. Um, at the moment, it looks like that won't happen anyway, because I think this week they're up to 50% capacity. So yeah. you would imagine by the time we get to um, grand final time, they'll be open to 100% again. And uh, I've still got my money on Suncorp being the venue. Um but yeah, we'll keep our ears to the ground when more of that news comes up for our next show, hopefully. Um, but next bit of news, um, some Gold Coast Titans news. Anthony Don has announced his retirement at the end of the season. Um, I watched briefly um, parts of his conference. I, I didn't watch all of it, but he, he was quite emotional announcing his retirement. He's He's been there for a long time. He's their leading try scorer. He's got, I think it's 85 tries. Um, and... Um, He's for me. He's never been like a, a superstar, as we like to coin them. But he's always been a, a constant with the Titans. And if you know he's out there, you know um, he's definitely going to do his best to get points on the board for them. So um, good luck to whatever he's deciding to do after his retirement. But um, yeah, a great player for the game. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You could see the the uh, emotion during that presser. Um, you know, you could tell he. He's loved his time at the Titans. And like you say, he's he's never really kicked on to become a rep player or anything like that. Always the next tear down, but always super consistent and always um, found found the try line with with a decent amount of regularity with, with the Titans. So, you know, he'll go down as a, as a very good Titans player and, and all the best for him. Definitely. Um, next bit of news, we'll probably have a little bit of a discussion around it um, due to the circumstances, but the Bulldogs have borrowed Ryan James and Corey Horsburgh from the Raiders for the next two rounds. Um, they're down on players due to injuries and suspensions. Um, no, there's a lot of talk um, in the Warriors fandom about, you know, the Raiders want to keep their top eight chances alive. So they start giving players out to teams playing against the Warriors, but um, I don't think it's that because the Raiders were willing to offload players to us a few weeks ago as well. So they're, they're adamant to, to try to get more of their players' game time. Um, my concern, as we talked before we went live, my concern with it is the Bulldogs are getting loan players due to suspensions um, mainly. They, they got a couple of suspensions um, this week, plus um, Luke Thompson's still currently serving one. And... Um, I'm not a big fan of teams getting players after they've had players be ill-disciplined. Um, mm. the, the players get punished, but the team gets punished at the same time with a suspension. Mm. So you're kind of letting them off the hook. But on the other hand, the Warriors loaned the Dragons, Jermaine to Noah Brown. So we're not really one to talk either, but I don't like the look. I'm sorry, but I thought this was... Um... Which is Thug Life Brad, and he's now is now is now saying that uh, that he's not uh, he's, he's not worried about it, that that uh, that currently that that 
players shouldn't be allowed to be replaced if they're suspended. Oh, geez, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm flabbergasted. Well, I don't think any of them should have been suspended anyway. But yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that they are means the decision's been made. Um, no, but what do you think about it, Richie? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really buy into any of the conspiracy theories around them loaning players. So <laughs> we have no. less of a chance. But um, yeah, I don't agree with a team being loaned players for suspensions for for suspension coverage. Um, especially with Ryan James and Corey Horsberg, those are two pretty handy players. You know, it's a bit of an upgrade for the Bulldogs pack. So it's kind of just it's unlucky different. for us, us Warriors fans that um, this week they're, they're injected into the team. Hopefully they, yeah. um, hopefully they don't fit in well in the team chemistry and have a negative effect from our point of view. <laughs> you never know. And yeah, we're also facing um, a, a few suspensions ourselves this week. See, um, Simon's put a comment. Um, so good evening, Simon. He said, um, I'd like the grand final to be played in Auckland, but realistically, he doesn't think it happens. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think it would be great, but don't think it will happen. And Nigel's also here too. <laughs> Bless you. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, good evening, Nigel. Um, next bit of news is um, Cody Ramsey from the Dragons. Uh, in the early stages of their game this week, he um, had a head clash and snapped two of his teeth. Um, and it looks like his season could be over because he needs some surgery on his face. And um, horrible accident, horrible to watch. I only watched it like five or ten times. Um, Where your mouth guard, eh? Yeah, exactly. It's a great <laughs> reminder. Apparently he, he's not a fan of wearing mouth guards. Black <laughs> <laughs> <Love> life. <laughs> um, he, he's not a fan of wearing mouth guards. Um, but, yeah, I think he will from now on. Um Think yeah, it's a great reminder for all the kids watching too. Um, if Absolutely. they if they see NRL players out there without their mouth guards, they're probably not going to do it. And um, yeah, this is a great reminder of why you should, because accidents like this can happen. Um, it's not a nice yeah. way to go out. No, not at all. Um, and more horrible news for the Eels this time. Um, Reed Marnie is out for the season after injuring his shoulder. You um, so. Imagine you watched the game, you would have seen when he came off, he was quite emotional. Um, yeah, yeah, so it was clear that it was serious and um, really disappointing for him. I think he's had a great year, and um, yeah, I think it really hurts Parramatta and their, their finals chances. Um, as bad as they've started to look, um, he's kind of been like a, a lightning rod for them in the middle of the park. So without him there, it, it has a lot of concerns for me. What do, what do you think his injury is going to do impact-wise? I just feel, as, as a player, I feel for him. You know, he's, he, like you said, he's been having a cracking year and, and he only missed playing State of Origin for the first time because he picked up an injury. Now he's come back and, and the season's pretty much gone. So you feel for him as a player, but... Um, the impact on his team could could be major. I mean, he's been one of their best players all year, and we already talked last week about the Eels' run home into the finals. It's you know it's a bit of a gauntlet they have to run, so this hurts their chances even more. Hundred uh, percent. Next bit of news: I'm still on the injury front. Jason Tomololo has been ruled out this week due to a fractured hand. It's the third time this year he's fractured a hand. I don't know what he's doing at training, but he needs to stop it. Um, yeah. yeah, 
Uh, it's puzzling. I, I haven't seen someone get an injury, a rare injury like that so often in one year. Maybe he's got a Todd Payton photo up on the wall and he's punching it. <laughs> Not too happy about being shifted around the Ford pack. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's a tough one for him yeah. and the Cowboys. I mean, he's probably by far and away the Cowboys' best player on paper. So they don't have any chance of making the finals anyway, but um, yeah, it's they, they'll want to finish the season a bit stronger than how they've been traveling the last eight weeks, and, and this doesn't help them. Exactly. Uh, next bit of news, we've got Clint Gutherson's reportedly looking for a million a season for his next contract. Richie, do you think he's worth it? If it was me as the no. Eels, I'd be telling him to jog on. Um, yeah. Yeah, so not the same. I, I think that a million a year, I think, is a ridiculous amount of money um, at the best of times. But you look at the players that are getting a million a year, and I don't it's think he's at their level. Yeah. No, no. Um, I mean... He's not full-time cracking state of origin, so he's not a full-time rep player. He hasn't won. He hasn't won a grand final. What have you done that's commanding a million dollars? I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I struggle to see him getting that kind of money unless he goes to a club that's desperate for a good fullback and willing to. Yeah, I, and I think. I have a lot of arguments about Gutho in this household. I think he is a very good player. Oh, he I is. Don't think he's, I don't think he's a great player. I think mm. he doesn't have the the skill set that makes you a great player, but he counteracts that with effort. Mm. So I always say oh, he does. He he busts his ass for you 100%, and that makes up for some deficiencies in his game. Um, mm. Throwing a very large rock in my glass house here. But, um, yeah, I don't think he's at that level. You look at, like, your your Nathan Cleary's, your Tommy Turbos, and that the impact that we've seen with Manly and the Panthers when they're not there, you don't see that when Gutho's not there. Mm. Um, they can they kind of have someone that they can slot in and replace him if they need to. And, um, yeah, if they were looking for a fullback for a million dollars, um, I'm sure there's better options out there. I don't want them to do it, but you could look at um, Joey Manu. Mm. And I, I would see you giving a million dollars to him and saying, come to the Eels and be our fullback. Mm. And then um, there, there's better places to use that money. Absolutely. If you want to compare to some to somebody, look at somebody like um, James Tedesco at the Roosters. Um, the Eels lost Mitchell Moses and then they, they started losing a bunch of games on the trot, whereas um, at the Roosters they lost, I think they're running on about 60-something percent of their salary cap at the moment. They've lost a huge chunk of their squad and Tedesco is just carrying that team and they're still winning. So th that's yes, the difference for me. Losing 60% of their salary cap just means they're almost at the same level as everyone else's cap now. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's exactly. fine. Um <laughs> But no, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it develops because if the Eels don't want to give him a million, I don't see any other NRL teams giving that type of money. You know, mm. Nigel said his try celebrations deserve some coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got to start scoring more of them, though, to be worth that much money. Um, and Simon said, how long does he have on his 10-year contract? That will be for Jason Tomololo. Yes. When yeah. did he sign his 10-year contract? It was a few, year, a few years ago now, wasn't it? I'd say he'd be over halfway through it now, right? Yeah, it could be pretty close to around could, halfway. 
Yeah, I'd I'm say not, I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure. Oh, edge on the side of caution. Say he's like halfway through. Yeah. Which um yeah, it's not that's not a good sign. Which is again a few weeks ago when we talked about the pain half situation. That's the risk you run with signing a ten year deal with a, a young player that you want to keep just in case something like this happens. Yeah. Um. But yeah, not good. And then we we got a bit of signing news. We've got three of them. Um, we've got Brody Croft has um, signed with Salford in the Super League for two years. Will Hopawadi has also gone to the Super League, joining St. Helens for two years. And then to flip and reverse it, we've got George Burgess coming back from the Super League and joining mm. the Dragons on two years. And there's rumours that Moses Mbai, um isn't far away from joining the Dragons too. Um, yeah. So I've uh, thrown a lot of names at you there, Richie, but what do you think yep. about the signings? Uh, Brody Croft and Will Hopawadi going to Super League, that's a good move. I think that's – I'm not – wanting to throw shade at them, but I think they'll go quite well over there, and that's kind of their, their talent level. Um, and then the reverse of that, George Burgess, um, he's he's killed it in the NRL before, and, and that's a very good signing for the Dragons. Already on top of Jack, um, getting Jaden Sewer, so the Dragons pack um, has added a bit of quality there for next year. Yep, so um, how I predicted them to be Wooden Spoon this year and next year, uh, I think I'll be wrong. Again, um, I, I think their team's starting to shape up to um, yeah. definitely not be wooden spoon. I, I wouldn't be putting money on them to go deep into the playoffs or anything by any means, but I think they'll at least be competitive, which I think is what we want to see with how one-sided this competition has been this year. I think if we can mm. get a few more of those bottom eight teams um, being more competitive more regularly, I think it will make for a, a better competition. Mm. For sure. Um, next bit on the kind of news, there's rumours that the Raiders are interested in offering Ash Taylor a contract. Um, quite a low contract, only around 250 a year compared to the, um, I think he's on a million a year with the Titans, oh, which, he is. which was a bad investment on Gold Coast <laughs> part. But um, what do you think about this? I I, I seem to have... a up and down relationship with Ash Taylor. Sometimes I think he's quite capable, and then other times I wonder what he's doing out there. Yeah, um, he's he's actually not been going too bad the past few weeks with the Titans. Um, and I think the young man they thrown in at number seven, um, what's his name, Sexton or something like that. Yeah, what's his? Toby uh, Toby Sexton. Yeah, um, he's sort of been controlling things, and I think. Um, Ash Taylor quite likes, um, you know, he he's not a half that's going to dominate a game. So, you know, he's got a lot of talent, but if he's got a, a dominant half with him, I think Fogarty beforehand as well um, with the Titans, you know, and then that, that sort of allowed Ash to sort of play off the cuff a bit more and, and not take on so much of the playmaking himself. But I'm not sure if that's what the Raiders are after. I mean, they've already got Whiten, who plays at six, and they're really looking to replace George Williams, aren't they? And he was sort of a, the playmaker that did the bulk of the playmaking. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I see Simon said he thinks Gold Coast is a better option um, than Canberra for Ash Taylor. I yeah. think ideally, if it was me, I would take any contract to live on the Gold Coast, um, personally. But the thing is, Gold Coast don't want him. And... Mm. So I think he will take the job. I don't 
I don't really see him blossoming at the Raiders. I'll be happily proven wrong if we go back on this, if it does happen and he goes there. But before this came up, it was basically looking like Super League was going to be his only option. And Mm. I think most players will um, take an NRL option over Super League unless the money is staggeringly good. Um, But yeah, time is going to tell on this. We have to keep our our ears on the ground and see what actually happens because it's just a recent rumour that no one's really said much about other than the Raiders feigning some interest. Um, It's it's, it's the risk you take throwing a million bucks and that kind of money at somebody so young. I think the Titans threw that money at him when he was still quite a young man and he's never quite lived up to that price tag really has he yeah yeah it was it was a knee-jerk reaction because they didn't want to lose him at that time yeah um but yeah it's i suppose that's the risk and reward if you want to make sure you keep a player you have to pay overs to keep them and they're either going to um live up to your expectation or or fail yeah well fails a hard term um struggle to go up to your expectations probably a bit kinder to say and um the last bit of news is quite recent so i haven't got a lot of research on it but um phil gould has proposed a short summer competition to run prior to christmas um to help youngsters that have been hit by the cancellation of the lower leagues um for the second year running due to covid um i the article i read he he talked about how jersey flag and the likes um haven't got to have constant competition so you've got young guys getting thrown into NRL due to injury. They haven't been playing for a while and it could be a good way to, to keep them all in shape and give them a bit of football to help develop. Um, I think it's a great idea. Um, yeah. Two years is a long time to a lot of them haven't been able to train together or anything. So it'd be, it'd be good by Christmas time. Things hopefully have opened up a bit more and I think it would be a good move. Uh, the Warriors have been hit hard with this. Um, they had a, a Jersey Fleet competition or a team last year before COVID struck, and they were actually playing really well with all our youngsters. And then since COVID's happened, the Warriors have cherry-picked a couple to keep with them in the camps, and the rest have come back to New Zealand and are playing lower grades. And it's no disrespect to our lower grades here, but it's not the same level that they'd be getting that experience. So... I think it's a good idea. Um, it's very fresh, so I'm not sure if you'd even been able to see this news yet. But do you have any ideas on it or any thoughts? No, that I hadn't seen that yet. Brad caught me on the hop a wee bit. <laughs> but I mean, if it does sound like a cool idea, and if anybody's going to have a cool idea about those sort of developmental pathways, it's Gus Gould, isn't it? He's that's sort of his bread and butter, and he loves that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, sounds like a neat idea. I mean. There's a lot of merit there. Um, a lot of lot of that next tear down, missing a lot of footy through COVID. So, yeah, interesting one. Yeah, before we go, I got um, Simon said, wasn't Phil the one who advocated scrapping you know, the other 20s comp? I can't confirm or deny. I, I can't remember. It feels like a lifetime ago. I yeah. think um, a lot of the complaints with under 20s competition was it wasn't really developing players the way they wanted. Um, if you if you recall, it was a very attack-heavy competition where mm. teams could score left, right, and centre, but none of them knew how to defend. And as when you go that next step up to NRL, if you can't defend, you're not going to last long. Um, so I think 
that might have been part of it. I, I can't put words in his mouth. Um, I'll add it to the list when I try to get more info on this news as well so I can come back with a better answer for you next week, Simon. Um, so I'll look into that and find out exactly who were the ones at the front of cutting under 20s and if they actually gave us a legitimate reason why. Um, but yeah, that's all I had for the news right now. So we may as well crack straight into the reviews. Um, cool. which started on Thursday night with the Knights defeating the Broncos 28 to 20. Knights had a four day turnaround um, due to the delay last week with the, um, the COVID break. And um, I thought they looked a bit sloppy at times, but um, they got the job done against what I thought was quite a spirited Broncos outfit. What did you think? You hit the nail on the head, Brad. I mean, the Knights, as we talked about last week, sort of have a, a nice Nice, easy. Well, you don't want to say easy, but they have a they have a decent run home if they want to make the eight, and they've just started coming into some form, um, winning a couple on the trot. So the keyword you the keywords you use was get the job done, and it was scrappy at times, but they they ticked that one off, and they still have one more game against the Broncos in their run home. But um, yeah, in the Broncos are game, they have shown a number of times this year that they. They have had a couple of blowouts this year, but all in all, compared to last year, they they show a lot more fight. Um, especially with Stags not there, you know that's that's a big loss. So they're hanging there well, and they, you know, they weren't too far off in this game, really. Definitely, yeah. Um, they miss Katoni Stags, but I think Tessie Nui, um, who have probably butchered his name, apologies. Um, I think he had quite a strong game for them. Um, he, he scored a nice try and he set up another. But I think the difference in this game for me was Mitchell Pierce. Yeah, he um, he he he's made his return. He he scored a try just before half time, I believe. He had a try assist and his kicking game was pretty much on point. Um, mm. which biggest thing the Knights have been missing since he's been gone. Um, they've lacked that kicking ability and the direction that he offers. And um, I think. If they do want to make a decent run into the playoffs, they need to start getting that ball out to Bradman Bist again. He yeah. um, he played quite well, but there were a lot of stages where they, they kept flowing the other way. And mm. um, we talked about it the week before, when they kept going out to the left where he was, that's where all the points were coming and almost coming at will. So they need I to get him involved. It's all the pieces starting to fall into place for the Knights again because, you know, you, they've got Brad and Bess back now and now Pierce has come back and is looking good right off right off the get-go. Uh, but it's on top of their pack because they've got a – and we spoke a little bit about it as well. Their, their, their pack's a very good pack. Um, the Saifidi boys are some of the best props in the game and I thought Frizzell had a really good game this weekend as well. It looked nice and dangerous, so – yeah, it's looking good for the Knights if they can if they can um, hold their composure and keep keep their troops healthy. They've got a good shot at that eight. Definitely, yeah, and they've they got a favourable draw, which is always handy. Um, mm. And yeah, for the for the Broncos, yeah, they showed fight, and um, they've got nothing to play for but pride now. Um, but they're they're not going to be easy beats like they were last year. I think that's the biggest mm. difference. They do have that fighting spirit. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they don't have it um, in round 2023 20, yeah. um, when the Warriors play them. But, yeah, it would be interesting to see how they go. Um, as long as they keep 
the the troops they've got right now and they don't get any more significant injuries i think they they could cause a few headaches um but that's what makes it interesting when you get to this time of the year and they've got uh um, pretty much pretty much play most of their games at home now due to covid too don't they <laughs> yeah yeah they're getting help there um <laughs> which is good uh first game on friday we had the raiders defeating the dragons 20 to 12 uh was quite a scrappy game for me um but it was one the Raiders needed to win. They've got a very tough draw. Um, and one thing I, I took out of this game was in the press conference, Ricky Stewart wasn't happy with the constant six again calls for offside um, and said they need to be penalties again. Um, what do you think about it, Richie? I know we talked about it briefly before we went on. Uh, yeah, we did. And I, I, I side with Ricky on that one. I mean, you, it, it sort of leaves a little it open for manipulation um, teams giving away a six again early in the count um, getting offside, even from scrums, you know, being offside, just getting up there quick and, and slowing the ruck down right from the start and, and ensuring the other team has a slow start to their set and, and sort of lose all momentum. And the only cost out of that is conceding one tackle, which yeah. basically makes it worth it, doesn't it? So I kind of agree with that. I wouldn't mind offsides being penalised rather than a um, rather than a six again because that's a far, far bigger deterrent. If you're going to give away a penalty and then they just kick 20, 30, 40 metres downfield and, and start their set off in a nice attacking position. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I um, I, I joke about it a lot watching Warriors games here where um, it seems that the Warriors always get six again on the first tackle. Um, yeah. The first, they get their first nice big hit. Uh, it looks like they're about to start some momentum. They get held down or they get an offside call and get just that extra tackle, which doesn't really do much. Um, but the defensive line gets to set themselves again. Um, it's <sighs> being a devil advocate here. It's, completely in line with the rules that have been set so if coaches are always going to find a way to manipulate the rules to their advantage and this yeah. is something that it does so yeah i think it needs to be addressed um i think they went too far with the six again i really like yeah. the six again last year um but then i think making everything basically a six again this year i i haven't enjoyed um also, it doesn't help. If it happens, I, I spend the next couple of minutes trying to figure out what actually happened to yeah. cause it. Um, and, yeah, it's. I think they need to take go back to the drawing board and just fine-tune it a bit. Um, so we're not got a penalty every couple of minutes, but we actually um, have some bit of structure going on and something that they, that punishes teams for trying to cheat the system, if you will. Mm, agreed um but yeah the dragons they started strong they were leading 8-0 early on um but the raiders surged back into the game um oh, simon's also said the six again rule slowly turning the nrl into the other code the union one with a constant position to one team yeah yeah fair comment. um definitely but yeah the dragons um they yeah they started strong that has, hasn't been the whole point of the six games it's sped up the game um, which has been so so you're tiring out play teams so that towards the end of the game you, you you get a you get a bigger advantage potentially yeah essentially that's, that's the that's idea true. it's just not working out that way 
Right. Yeah. Um, I, mean, team, I think the better teams manipulate it a lot and know that they can give away a six again on purpose early in the count, slow their slow their momentum down, and um, basically only cost them one tackle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for the Raiders though, they surge back into the game um, on the back of some good performances from Sam Williams and Tom Starling. Um, I, yeah. I've always liked Sam Williams. He he's been like a little battler. He reminds me a lot of um, oh, I can't even Mason Leno. There you go. Sure. Yeah. He, he's kind of like that that half that doesn't get a lot of chances because he's behind um, better. I'll say better halves, um, but then if something happens and you need a, him to step in and fill that gap, say we need you for three weeks, he'll go out there and do it. He's never going to be a half that's going to lead a team to a premiership by any means, but he's not going to let you down when you put him out there. And um, I think he, he's really he's taken this opportunity with George Williams getting homesick and running away. Um He's um, really taken it with two hands, and um, full credit to him. Um, but, yeah, as we, we mentioned earlier, the Raiders also have a tough road at home. Mm. Uh, and I think if they're going to be a playoff contender, they're going to need their um, their pack to step up. Um, they need to, to find another level and help out that spine a bit more. Um, otherwise, I don't see them making the eight if they if they can't get their ducks in a row in that way. Yeah, especially struggling. I mean, I thought they struggled a lot more than I thought they would against the Dragons, who who have been hit hard through suspension and, and all that carry on. So and losing Cody Ramsey early on in the match too. So yeah, I, I mean the Raiders have been on and off all year, mostly off, and they've only just sort of started coming right. But um, yeah, I tend to agree with you, Brad. They they're in a good position though. I mean, their fate's still in their hands if they can if they can just find a way to keep winning. Yeah. And, yeah, the Dragons, like you said, they had players out suspended. It was the last week of their um, barbecue punishment. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think losing Cody Ramsey early on didn't help them either. But they're they, they are out there fighting above their weight um, as they have most of the season, um, hence the, the wooden spoon prediction I gave them. I thought they were rubbish. Um, but I think they're slowly settling into where they belong on the ladder, which is in the bottom eight. Yeah. And uh, that takes us to the next game on Friday, the Rabbitohs defeating the Eels. Oh, yeah. Did, did any of the TV networks sort of jump on this and give them a quick uh, and do a celebrity kind of chef show with these guys, a barbecue chef show for the. <laughs> they, that would be a great advertising um, piece, of, uh, piece of work. But anyway, just my. I, I, I think Paul Vaughan could have got a barbecue sponsorship or something. He could have. But, um, yeah, the next game was the Rabbitohs defeating the Eels 40 to 12. Um, I'll let you start this one off. What did you think of this game? It it highlights um, <laughs> the, the the sort of hole that the Eels have fallen into, you know, and they've been a top four side most of the year. Um, you know, and they've been struggling the past few weeks and now losing Reed Marnie uh, puts, them in, puts them in an even bigger hole. But it also, on the other side of the coin, the Rabbitohs, I think, further cemented their their title credentials. The only thing for the Rabbitohs is the, the times that they've played the top two, this top two teams this year, they sort of got hammered and had 50 points put on them. But um, I think this is a different Rabbitohs team we're looking at right now. You know, I mean, 
they've hit a purple patch and, and all their big gun players, Latrell, Mitchell, Cody Walker, um, they're irrepressible right now. So, you know, it's it's going to take a, a fine team to stop that run they're on. I mean, it would be really interesting to see them play a Storm right now or, or a Panthers. Yeah, I think... I think the attack that we've seen from the Rabbitohs has been there all year, but it's the defense that's let them down. I think in the past month, I've been really impressed with how their defense has improved. I yeah. think if you put them up against the Panthers of the Storm right now, I'm not saying they're going to beat them, but I think it would be a lot closer. It wouldn't be a 50-point drubbing like we saw. Um, so, yeah, you can credit them 100% on their improved defense. I think that's been the difference. Um, because, yeah, this attack, we've seen them scoring tries like they did in this game since round one. Um, as yeah. long as they remember to hold on to the ball, um, they can do a lot of damage with it. Um, obviously, Adam Reynolds was kind of the talk of the town yeah. um, after this game. He's now the um, Rabbitohs' leading point scorer. Um, he kind of was basically trying to go for the, the two points whenever they could because he was trying to get that record. <laughs> But um, I think not only him, I think the the usual suspects in Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker um, were on fire again. And um, they just, yeah, they're looking scary at the moment. But we, we want to kind of, this was meant to be competition. Um, the Eels are meant to be one of the top four teams right now. And they just don't look it. Um, they're struggling on attack. They look like turnstiles on defense. Um, and I don't know what's happened at the Eels, but it needs to be addressed quickly before playoffs. Um, perhaps it's time for a good old-fashioned honesty session. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. What do you you think it's just a confidence thing or, you know, they, they've just lost a couple of key troops at, at the wrong time and fallen into a hole? What do you reckon? It, it could be it could be a bit of both. Um, it's, it's still hard to sit there and blame injuries when you've got the Roosters doing what the Roosters are doing. Yeah, um, you're right. There's, you know, that patch where the Eels lost Mitchell Moses didn't help. But um, the Roosters lost Luke Carey and haven't really, I'm not going to say haven't really noticed him missing, but mm. they've got enough talent to get together. So the Eels, if the Eels don't have that depth, then they definitely can't be wasting a million dollars on Gutho. They need to use half of that money to get a couple more players in. Absolutely. Um, Do you think Mitchell Moses might be a little gun shy since returning? You know, I think that's a having fractured his back. That can't be a very comfortable um, injury to bounce back from into a into a physical game like that. You know, maybe he's a bit gun shy. I think so, and I think he's still not a leading half. Yeah, I think he's he's a good. Um, I don't want to say follower. He he's a good live wire to have off with the, a solid off. half next to him. Off the cuff, at, kind at, of player. Yeah, at the moment they've kind of got two of those in Moses and Dylan Brown. So, yeah. um, I don't think that helps them. But that's what they they re-signed Mitchell Moses, knowing that they've got Dylan Brown there that can effectively do the same role. So mm. it might have been time to let Moses go and pick a, a more steady half potentially if they want to go from that being a constant top four team to actually being a a premiership contender, which um, they have never really been. They've always been like in the scheme of things, but you kind of write them off when it comes to who's going to make the grand final, um, or at least I have. 
Um, yeah, for, for a long while now. Yeah. Um, but that takes us to the next game, probably the game we end up talking an hour about. Um, the Warriors defeating the Sharks 18-16. to 16. Um, Second win in a row for the Warriors and also the second win by an 18-16 margin. Um, I thought for the majority of the game, the Warriors looked the better side, um, with the exception of one person. Um, I think Adam Fenor Blake and Matt Lodge um, really got the forwards moving forward. They were kind of strolling um, at ease up the field, and I thought Chanel Harris, Tavita, and Sean O'Sullivan partnered really that, well in the hearts. Yeah, they were good. Um, and yeah, overall, it was a good um, performance with the exception of one person. Um, but before we get into that one person, what were your thoughts on the game? I I uh, agree with your with your thoughts about our pack, uh, AFB and Lodge. Um, when those two play together, they they're a great partnership. Um, one thing I I wonder: Do you think are we approaching it right uh, with our interchange? I know you've had your thoughts on this, but even I think in his press conference, Nathan Brown touched on it. What as well? Maybe you know we've got to look at ways uh, how we're rotating them off because it seems to seems to be when when one or two of them go off, then we we lose a bit of momentum. Um, yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think they did show some improvement on it this week because in weeks prior, it's basically been they've started and then you pull them up both off at the same time. Yeah. Um, where this time they tried to stagger it a bit. Um, mm. So one of them would go off while the other stayed on a little bit longer. And then yeah. you push them. There, there's got to be a way. I think they're going to have to work out a way where you've basically got one on the field at all times. We know both of these guys can play long minutes. Mm. but um even if it's a case of yeah i don't know how you do it there got to be a way around it because at the moment you can't really rely on the guys coming off the bench um to not they don't let the side down but they're just not at that same level of dominance yeah. that these two do um sure. so it, it's it's going to be a, a a bit of a a to and fro at the moment. I think you wouldn't notice it as much if you had the likes of Tohu Harris and that's still out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, until why you don't have those experienced guys, you, you need to do something. That's a good segue actually, Brad, bringing up Tohu Harris. Cause um, you know, I was a bit worried when he picked up the season ending injury, but I thought our back row was really, really good. And uh, obviously we spoke about him last week. You and Aitken, he he looks really good there and runs really yeah. good, strong, hard lines. Josh Curran, uh, what a game he had! I think Curran was brilliant, apart from yeah. at the end of the game, at the end of the game tripping <laughs> over at the edge of the field, which was quite yeah. funny. But he had a great game, and I think our back row's got a really nice balance to it and looked good the past couple of weeks. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, so Curran, for my my review that I wrote this week, I had Curran as my warrior of the match. Um, yeah. I thought he was outstanding. Um, Attack-wise, he partnered up with Reese Walsh really nicely. Um, yeah. They were causing a lot of havoc up the middle of the pitch. Um, he, he did a nice goal line offload to Reese Walsh for Reese's try. Or was it yeah. almost in an identical move to the last time Reese scored? Um, mm. They did the exact same play last time as well. So um, they're really communicating together well and defensively, He's probably one of the better defenders we have right now. Um, he's just always in there doing the dirty work. Um, 
which is good. It's nice to see a guy that can get in there, do all the, the stuff that no one wants to do, but still also contribute on the other side of the ball as well. So yeah. um, usually you might have one or two players that are going to be your your tacklers that will go and do 40, 50 tackles a game, but they might do three hit-ups where he's, he's out there running over 100 metres and leading the tackle count and just giving us all. Um, I was quite happy with his signing when it was announced a while back. I thought he had a lot of potential. He kind of dipped, but I think this year we're really starting to see him grow. And, yeah, agreed. Um, it's... It's good signs. Um, it's going to be interesting when Tohu's back because um, Aiken's kind of making second row as his new position. Curran's there, Tohu, um, Ben Murdoch, Basila, Jazz Tavanga. There's a lot of players, it's and they can't all be out there at the same time. Um, depth is great, but um, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, next season um, when everyone's back fit. But it's a good problem to have. It's better than having no one. Absolutely. Um, another thing I noticed, and I know at times we've given, you know, we've put Nathan Brown under the microscope, but uh, starting with Aitken in second row, and I think a couple of times Valia down his side got got skinned a couple of times defensively and led to Cronulla's tries, and then making the call to move Aitken out to the centre, I think was, was a good call and shot us up down there, and then he ended up Shrugging off um, Chambers to get the game-winning try, which was yeah, which is really good. I, I thought that was a good call, and and got to give him some props for that. Yeah, um, definitely, it was a good call to pull him out there. Um, especially we we may as well, we've been avoiding the subject, but we may as well jump into it when <laughs> yeah, Kane Evans it. when Kane Evans got simbined. Um, he <laughs> thanks, Paul. Um, when Kane Evans got um. Simbind and you had that one-man advantage, that's when Valia started to struggle. Um, yeah. I don't know how many games he's been in with a guy on the bench. Um, so kind of trying to fill that hole, that's where they targeted him. Rightly show the, the Sharks, they had the one-man advantage and they targeted the, the guy with the least amount of experience, which is mm. a great attacking ploy, and it worked for them for that short stint. Um where I, we won't cover the sledging as much because I've got a question about sledging for you in the middle of the show. But um, sure. Will Chambers was getting in on it on basically everyone on the pitch, and Kane Evans lashed out, um, got Simbins twice. Um, first one was a Simbin. He he threw a punch. He, he it was if you can call it a punch. It was a bit of a he he did a ton of um and hit him with a handbag. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so silly uh, – you know, flash it up again if you want, Paul. But if you – you know uh, uh, a punch is a simbin. If you're going to get simbin for a punch, make it count. Um, hit him on the jaw or something. Um, you, but, yeah, I thought it was a weak attempt and he got simbin. The second simbining, though, I don't think was a simbin. Um I know they said it was a head slam tackle, but if you looked at the tackle before the punch that Evans got hit with and then the tackle that Chambers got hit with, they were almost identical. Yeah. The only difference is Chambers, when he gets hit in a tackle like that, can hold on to the ball. When Evans does it, he loses the ball. Um, But, yeah, so the second one, first one I'm with, that's a Simbin. The rules are you throw a punch, 
you get sent to the bin. So there, there's no argument there. He threw a punch. Um, but yeah, the second one, um, I think it was a bit hard done by, but I credit the Warriors for that second one. They were a man down. It didn't affect them like it did in the first one. The first one, it looked like the game was over. Um, the Sharks swung momentum. Um, it looked bad. Um, mm. But they survived in the second half. They survived that first opening stage with one man out and then got themselves back in the game. And, yeah, they had already got the ball rolling. By the time they lost Evans again, um, there was no looking back. They just knew how to defend better. Um, I suppose they're used to it now, used to playing one man. Um, there was an interesting, another simbining to Chanel at the end of the game um, mm. for deliberately delaying the play of the game. I've got an interesting question because I asked it. Um, it's a penalty because they laid down on the tackle. But how come the attacking team doesn't get the same type of punishment when they take 30 seconds to play the ball? Um, pretending that they've been injured. It's the exact same thing. It, the only difference is the defender slowing the play down as opposed to the ball player. Should they be looking at a way to try to shore that up where if you're deliberately slowing the play of the ball down because you're trying to wind up clock that you potentially get penalised and lose the ball? That's a good question, Brad. I mean, defensively, slowing the ruck down is always a penalty, or always should be. Um, yeah especially deliberately like that. But you're right. Uh, on the attacking side of the coin, you, you never see you never see anything done about that at all, really, yeah. do you? Sometimes people milk that for, for quite a long time and fake a cramp and things like that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's and, an unsportsmanlike thing that they can look at doing something. Um, and, yeah, it, it's a thing that all teams do. It's not like when you – if you're in the lead and – it's coming down to the final minute. Every all sixteen clubs go in. Yeah, they've all got stitches or or cramps or mm. um, that. But if I don't know, if you get penalised on the ball, you should be penalised off the ball or vice yeah. versa. In my opinion, but um, it's yeah, we we don't guess, want them changing all the rules at the same time. No, no, I I guess not. And I guess one more thing, which was quite important in the game. With a few minutes left and the Sharks down by two, they get a penalty and and well in goal-kicking range and decide to go for a try. Your thoughts on that? Because that, to me, just screamed they're lacking leadership on the field and, and were lacking their their main halves. Obviously, Sean Johnson not being there. Um, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. 
I, Surely you I've, kicked it too and send it into extra a, time. I've got to counter it a little bit because the players elected for the two and it was Josh Hanna, the coach, that said yeah. go for the try. I heard so, that. Do you, do you reckon he's just covering for them? Because surely if I, they had a, a good captain yeah. and leader on the field, they would take the two, surely. Yeah, I would like to think that in the same situation, the Warriors, um, if it was Fanua Blake or Tohu or whoever the captain of the week is, um, in that situation, the captain would override it and yeah. take the two and then take it on the chin if the coach wants to give you a blue later on. But in that situation, in that time frame, you've got to go, like as, as horrible as potentially going to Golden Point is, it's better than losing at full time because you didn't try to even up. And then you, you fast forward a couple of minutes to when they got that penalty and they had to try a, a two-point field goal from like 40, yeah. 50 metres out. Um, it's ridiculous. Which would have just taken in the golden point anyway. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a not bad call from them there. I'm oh, not complaining. Definitely not. <laughs> I, was, I was worried when the penalty happened. I thought the penalty was, was um, very light. Um as yeah. I do with oh, most yeah. penalties. But, um, yeah, I when that happened, I thought they were going to just roll over. <laughs> um, I thought they were just going to roll over, but they not only that, they went for it. They went and kicked early as well. I think if they had had a few more hit-ups, they might have got through the Warriors' defense. But I think that was a key um, thing for the Warriors where the goal line defense was actually really good with the majority of the Sharks tries coming from deep um, mm. when they got closer to the Warriors line the Warriors knew how to keep them out which is um, a great sign to see for the Warriors with um, a potentially easy run home and believe it or not a still sliver um, of hope of making the playoffs um, if they can keep their defense a bit better and increase their attack a bit more, they they could potentially go on a bit of a run. Hope so. And yeah, and Nigel said five second play the ball if tacklers are off the player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Richie, is, is that a hope so, or is that some you want some of what Brad's smoking? No, I we, think we have uh, a, we have a chance. Looking at yeah, our run home. It's, I don't want to say the winnable word because I've every time I've said winnable <laughs> games, we've lost them. Um, but you know, our, our run home is uh, about as gentle as you'd like it to be. It's, it's, but it does depend on other teams, yeah. um, losing games they should lose as well. So it's not completely in our, in our own hands, but you know, the, if we, you, if you, we you, win you, our you games, guys have been, you guys have been drawing the line above the Warriors for a while now. Let's be honest. And I still will. I still okay. will. Yeah. I still um, think it's unlikely. I, yeah. They, they just still have a chance. Um, as silly as it sounds, Paul, um, the third to last team, if things go their way, still have the potential to end seventh. That's how okay. tight it is. Um, I personally don't oh. see the Warriors. Yeah. So Simon said he thinks the Warriors will finish at nine. I've got them finishing nine or tenth. Um, yeah. in my calculations, is, is ninth actually the worst place to finish in the ladder? Is it worse than is it worse than 16th? All right, it upsets the Tigers because yeah, the Tigers the that's Tigers. that's their yeah. spot. Um, <laughs> the Tigers are ninth all the time, so I, I I was having an argument in my household because I said if you squeak into the eight and then lose in the first week of playoffs and get eliminated, is that better than finishing in the bottom eight? Um, Oh, yeah, absolutely. You made a taste finals footy. 
you made the taste, but you were you were there as an afterthought and eliminated quickly. Um, so yeah, you did make it, but you made it one extra week. Um, but the warrior, if there's any team you want to be, you don't want to face when they're eighth. It's the Warriors because that's when the Warriors seem to be the most dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it's <that's> true. <laughs> but yeah, I don't see them making the eight. But I like the fact that they're still in the conversation, at least on this side of the Tasman. Everyone in Australia has written us off. So, um, What's but yeah. Item? It's good, yeah. It's better than being in the situation like the Bulldogs and the Broncos, where it's you could win every game by a hundred. You're not going to go anywhere. Um, but yeah, and um, yeah, it, it's going to make it a more enjoyable ride at least, um, which is good for for us as Warriors fans and for the show. Um, so that takes us to the next game on Saturday. Um, these were the two the two more games on Saturday were kind of like the main events for the round. We had the Panthers defeating the Roosters 20 to 14. Um, Roosters came to play. They did a lot better than I thought. I thought the Panthers, even without Nathan Cleary, I thought the Panthers were still going to tell them up a bit, but um, they really uh, came fighting. Um, Jared Ware Hargraves got simbined um, in a call that I thought was a bit tough, but um, yeah, I think Matt Burton was really the difference in this game. <laughs> um, he, he was great. He had a great game. Yeah, he was a star out there. Um, he he's. I think it's the first game, um, potentially all year, that I've seen Matt Burton comfortable in the halves. Um, it really looked like he he took ownership of that position, and um, he ran for over two hundred meters himself. He scored two tries, made three line breaks. He, he kind of did everything you want to see there. He he still has a lot of work to do, but the Bulldogs have got themselves a winner if this is the Matt Burden that comes. Um, if it go if you go back a few weeks to the the less confident Matt Burden, then the Bulldogs will will struggle. But yeah, I think this is the Matt Burden that they've paid them big money for. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was a, a tough encounter. Um, and I think they're both going to, the Panthers and Roosters will both take a lot of lessons out of this game um, that they'll take into the finals. I think um, the the Panthers, they know they've got a gritty game there in, under their belt now, um, which I think they missed last year. A lot of the games were quite easy for them, mm-hmm. um, which when they got that tough encounter in the grand final, they weren't able to front um, so getting a few tough games under their belt, I think, is going to help them in the long run. And the Roosters, I think they'll probably get a lot of confidence out of this that they, um, they're they under strength, but they went up against one of the best teams of the comp and almost got the win. Um, so that will probably fill them with a bit more confidence once they hit playoffs. But um, what do you think of this matchup? I think it will fill them with a, with a bit of confidence uh, hanging in there against the Panthers like that. Panthers still minus Cleary, but, uh, you know... If... And they haven't been the Panthers of the first half of this year um, of late, but they've still been winning. Um, they're still yeah. top two sides, so the Roosters will take a bit of confidence out of that, as will the Panthers um, ha- having performances like they did out of Matt Burton. Um, that'll that'll make them feel good. Um, Jared Warrior Hargrave sin binning. But tough. I know you think that's a bit tough, Brad. And I know um, Trent Robinson came out 
in his press conference too and said, that's great if you're going to call that, but why isn't that called the 20 other times in the game that that happens? Yeah. Um, um, why, it's weird. why is it it's, not? Yeah, I know. I mean, he brings up a good point. It's it's a strange one for me. And um, up he got us out too, ending up with a suspension out of this game. Hate to keep inviting the thug life um thing popping up but what do you think of that because didn't look like a lot either no i didn't think there was anything in it so <laughs> we, we can we can move on um <laughs> but yeah um but yeah we're good game um good enjoyable good footy game. to watch um yeah. which takes us to my game of the round um the last game on saturday with the the storm defeating manly 28 to 18 um i think this game just really um it showed how dangerous manly can be um but it also showed how good the storm are at just winning um yeah it's, this is the this is the first match since round eight of this year that the storm weren't leading at half time but they were tied at half time at least they weren't behind um and Jason Saab, I think, got a great try. Nice intercept try here. But I still don't believe he's shown us how fast he can go yet because it still looks like he's just on a Sunday jog. Um, yeah, that's all he needs. I, yeah, it's all he needs. So um, I think he's. I think if he ever gets the ball in an intercept situation, you, you may as well just not even bother. You may as well just let him go and go, okay, we won't pass okay. that way again. I'd love to see him have a have a foot race with um Addo Carr side by side though. That'd be that'd be a good one. That'd be interesting. I don't think I don't think Addo Carr would stand a chance, in my humble opinion. I think mm. Saab way too quick. Addo Carr is fast. Um, but yeah, I think Saab's at another level. And he, Paul said in the background, Hammy's will ping at full speed. That could be it. <laughs> Once yeah. he unleashes at full speed and maybe his body won't handle it, and that's why he knows to go like just half or, or three-quarter pace. Mm. Um, but, yeah, for the Storm, I think everyone knows the key to beating Manly is to keep Tommy Turbo out of the game. Um, yeah. They managed to contain him quite well, but he still had a decent night. So he everyone talked about how well they kept him contained, but he set up two tries, had five tackle breaks, and I think is still the best player in the game right now. Um yeah. Obviously, he would have liked to have more impact on the game, but um, being completely um, shackled by the Storm defense, he still managed to cause plenty of trouble. Um, yeah, I think he's the kind of player where you can't completely shut down. You kind of just sort of try and mitigate the impact he does have, and I think the Storm did that quite well by completing their yeah. sets and, and holding the ball, and um, consequently, they, they have the ball. Tommy doesn't have as much ball. Um, but exactly. what, what, he, what he did have, he, he still did pretty well. And I think Manly will take a lot of confidence again, sort of like the Roosters in, in the previous game, um, hanging in there with the top team who have been slaying everybody. Um, and they weren't far away. You know, a couple of mistakes. Uh, I think Tommy spilled a bomb that resulted yeah. in a try. And I think Garrick failed to clean up a grubber that ended up in a try as well. Um, so, you know, they, they they weren't really far off uh, despite the Storm playing quite well. Um, they were right in there. It's just a couple of little couple of little things went the Storm way that didn't go the Seagulls way, and that, that was the difference. Definitely. And um, 
you were talking about confidence. So I want to bring out Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, I think he still looks a little bit off the pace and he's not the player that we saw before his injury. Um, yeah. It's not a situation where he, he's never going to go back to that. I think he's just lacking some confidence after spending so long out. Um, and for the Storm, I think they'll, they'll be hoping he, he bounces back sooner rather than later. But it's not um, – an unconfident Ryan Pappenhausen is still probably better than a lot of other players that you can have. Um, admittedly, they've got Nico Hines, who's been playing really well. But um, I think, yeah, the Storm will want him back at 100% once they get into finals footy because they'll want their, their best foot forward. Because as you saw here from Manly, I think you put that into an elimination-style game um, – take that bounce of the ball with some unfortunate errors that Manly made out of it. And it's, it's an even competition and I think yeah. they could potentially get an upset there. So yeah, as I've been saying for like the past month, I've still got Melbourne winning the whole thing, but I've got Manly as a smoky to come in and upset it all. Yeah. I don't like either team, but it's at least it's exciting <laughs> having, having Manly uh, perform this way and, and at least, throwing some doubt in your mind, you know, because I think a lot of people have been picking Storm outright for more than half the season this year. So um, to have a team come up in such great form and, and at least throw a shadow of doubt on that is good. Yeah. And Simon said Melbourne Storm, the greatest expansion team in rugby league anywhere in the world. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't like, I don't like them, but you can't argue with it. Um, yeah. They, they are as good as you can get. Um and it's not a – they have a, a little pocket of form and then they they go off. They're consistently one of the best teams around. They're not, they're not winning it every year, but they're always in the conversation, um, which I think as a fan, you, that's what you want from your team. You know, ideally, you know, in the ideal world, no team's going to win it every year and dominate forever. Um, but if your team's always up there and – got a shot to get there um you can't ask for much more so yeah it's it's amazing what they've done um in the relatively short time they've been around um in the big scheme of things yeah remarkable as horrible as it is for me to say <laughs> <laughs> um but that takes me to the first game on sunday we had the tigers defeating the bulldogs 28 16 um not really too much to say here it's kind of what I expected. Um, both teams aren't really playing their best footy, but uh, the Bulldogs are just um, Bulldogs are just not a footy team right now, as horrible as that sounds. Um, I was surprised they got 16 points, um, but it was against the Tigers. Um, I think for the Tigers, though, um, Adam Dewey led them quite well. It was good to see Ken Mamalo get a double. Yeah. Um, Good to see him continue his ways um, of scoring tries after a bit of a brief drought since he joined the club. Um, and, yeah, in the forwards, I think um, Luciano Leilua um, was, was a nightmare great. for the Bulldogs. He was really um, good. And, yeah, um, the Bulldogs, they really they show up and fight, and um, I think they were just let down by poor discipline um, and lackluster attacking options. Yeah, that's been the story of the whole season, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a tough game. And looking at the schedule before the round started, you, you didn't exactly circle this game and say, oh, 
this is a must watch. This is going to be block, you know, a box office footy. Um, yeah. And yeah, at times it looked like both teams were struggling, but yeah, the dogs, as they do, find a way to lose. And, and as bad as the Tigers were and as much grief as they got for losing to us the previous week, they found a way. Um, you brought up Dewey, I thought, and saying how he led the Tigers really well. That's a good point. I think it almost looks like, I don't know if it was me, I'd have him as as my captain. I know I've seen little clips little clips here and there from the um documentary on the on the uh, west tigers and it just looks like he bleeds the colors you know he really has a big passion um he looks like captain material to me um I, I, yeah I, I wouldn't mind him seeing him captain if i were the tigers um but yeah leilua luciano leilua is dangerous and had some really great numbers out of that game and yeah I don't know about the Bulldogs. They they don't look great. So in theory, they shouldn't worry us Warriors fans this week. But yeah, a couple of suspensions throws a bit of uh, a bit of nerves. Throws a spanner in the works. Yeah. yeah. And Simon Simon says the dogs really let him down this week. He was shocked the Tigers won a match. So you should have been with us on our picks because we picked this one. Um, but yeah, it it's one of those games. Like I said, both teams aren't playing that well. Um, no. So it, it really depends on which team was going to play just a little bit better um, that would get the job done. And that's what we saw, um, really. Mm. Um, it's it's good to see for Tigers fans, they would have been happy with the win, but it wasn't the most um, dominant display, um, especially when you're playing the Wooden Spooners. You, you kind of want to expect a bit more um, a bit more points coming your way and maybe a bit more of a dominant display. We'll, we'll record this, or it's recording anyway, for when we talk about how the Warriors go. Um, but yeah, um, unfortunate for the Bulldogs. They're, there's they've got a tough road ahead, and um, I know we're they're all just waiting for all those players to turn up for next season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've still got a few more weeks to go before they can start dreaming about that. And um, that brings us to the final game of the round with the Titans defeating the Cowboys, thirty six fourteen. Uh, I think for the last game of the round, it kind of gave me exactly what I expected, Richie, um, a strong yeah. win from the Titans. What did you think? Yeah, absolutely. They, they suffocated the Cowboys out of the game and, and kept a lot of the ball. Um, they, they just did what they needed to do. And they had a lot of people who had decent games. I thought, you know, that the halves looked good and then, Fafita looked good off the bench. Even the centers, Kelly and and um, Patty Herbert, looked dangerous. Yep. Um, but the, the the Cowboys had no answer. They just got suffocated out of the game, and and Cowboys fall further into the hole they're in right now. I think it's eight in a row. Um, yeah. What did the Titans have? Something like sixty percent possession. So yeah, it was. They, they, they ended the game on sixty percent. They really just put them to the sword, and and. You know they're looking good after I wrote them off three weeks ago. That's why I hate talking about them now because <laughs> ever since I did that, they've been playing bloody well and scoring a lot of points. Um, yeah, but you, you know, um, they took advantage of a Cowboys side that that's really low on confidence right now and yeah, puts them in a nice spot, leaves uh, fate in their own hands, you know, for a, for a top eight spot because they're in the eight now and they, they just need to keep chipping away and winning. 
and they're in a they're, they're in one of the they're in one of the prime spots to claim seventh or eighth. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely um, where they end up is definitely in their own hands, which is the position you want to be. Um, mm. You want to be controlling your own destiny. And yeah, the Cowboys are still lacking that desire that we talked about last week that Todd Payton said that his team big, needs. Big time. Um, not sure what he what he can do um, right now to light a fire under them, but hopefully he knows how to figure it out soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, um, yeah, yeah. So um, that was round 21. We got every game right for the first time this year. We are eight for eight, um, which puts us at 117 out of 160 each. So we're we're still tied. Um, We've got one game different this week for um, spoilers for our our preview. Um, But, yeah, so we'll see someone in the lead at the end of the round. And, um, Paul, do you want to bring up the ladder? Um, So we may as well skip you got. Melbourne, Penrith at the top, Rabbitohs third, Eels fourth, Roosters fifth, Manly sixth. Those are all set in stone. Um, You'll see some switches. I still think Manly will sneak into the four, um, but those six will be in the six uh, one way or another. The only interesting part really is from seventh to 14th. Um, As we mentioned um, before with Paul, basically – any of those teams um, can end up in the eight. Um, but I, we've got we've got the Raiders and the Titans in there at seventh and eighth at the moment. I've got them, them in Newcastle, yeah. I think are the legit, the only reason, uh, ones that potentially can make the eight. Yeah, um, Newcastle have a nice cushy run home, don't they? They do, and I think the Raiders will be the ones that miss out because I still think the Raiders will end up losing to the Warriors later down the track, and they have a horrible run. Um, mm. So I think um, taking the Warriors' glasses off, I think it'll be Titans and Knights um, with the Raiders, Sharks, and everyone else falling out. Um, so, yeah, that's the ladder. Um, we don't need to go into the full day so everyone else, really. It's really just about them. Um, I think those those three additions um, with, unfortunately, the Sharks, Dragons, Warriors, and Tigers, and Cowboys missing out. If if the Warriors, as well, they should, the Warriors' next couple games, 16th and 15th, Bulldogs and Broncos, they win those yeah. two, then they then they have to play 7th and 8th. If, you, if yeah. we take care of 15th and 16th, do you start getting excited, Brad? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we we take each game one at a time, as the old cliche says, Richie. I like um, it. I like it. Want to keep the the optimism at, a, at an all time middle right now, um, because there was a, a well before before when I was quite confident in the Warriors, they had a spat of like four or five games that I said, these are easy wins before they have to play the big dogs. And then they lost all of those games. No, so, uh, yeah. I'm there with there's you. No, yeah. You temp, temp, temper your excitement, then you can't be disappointed too much. Yeah. As, as exciting as it is to see them playing the bottom two teams for the next fortnight, um, there's always that little, little bit of fear in the back of my head. Um, yeah. Because... It's the worry is sometimes you just don't know. Um, yep. But yeah, so do we have any questions from everyone out in the in the crowd there, Paul? 
the uh, well, actually, I'll I'll I'll, um, I'll kick you off. So, with obviously last year, we uh, had uh, the Brisbane Broncos or the fans turning up throwing wooden spoons into the training ground. Is that going to be a tradition? Do you think, do you think that we'll see the same from the Bulldogs fans turning up and throwing nah. wooden spoons into their training ground, or is that just purely a, a Brisbane thing? I think that's just an angry action from the Broncos fans because they're not used to that. The Bulldogs are used to being wooden spoon. Um, yeah. As harsh as that sounds, um, it's it's kind of been their thing the last couple of years. So um, with all the signings they got coming up, I think it's more a wheel. It sucks that we're at the bottom this year, but we're not going to be at the bottom next year. So I think that's going to temper some of that. Um, the Broncos, it was just because the Broncos don't get wooden spoons. That's kind of their mentality. Um, so the fact that they were down there and doing that well, there was an angry lash out. It's funny. I, I thought it was enjoyable. Um, <laughs> I think it was a lot better reaction. Like throwing throwing wooden spoons on the field, other than making the groundskeeper's job a bit more difficult, I think it's a lot better than seeing people um, like burning oh, jerseys and things like that. And, uh, yeah. and, and abusing players. Well, yeah, well, we're, we're not in the UK, Paul. We're um, not in the UK. Uh, the... <laughs> we're not like that. <laughs> but it is over in Australia, remember? I mean, geez, it's, yeah. it's, it's weird over the uh, over the ditch. Um, but um, yeah, no, exactly. It, 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 it was a humorous response, which, which I enjoyed. Uh, Nigel's got a long one for us. Uh, he says, um, yeah. with, with COVID and all, uh, these last two years and potentially more to come, I believe, and also asking for both your opinions. So, yeah, both of you have to respond to this one. Isn't the Warriors the only team who would suffer the most on player development? And what would you like to see the NRL do to help rebuild the club? We are affiliated with the Dolphins, but don't have our own standalone feeder club due to what's going on in the world. Uh, and how does that affect the club in the future? Richie, take it away. Yeah, you question. do it, Richie. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I think definitely our development suffered, and then Brad touched on it a little bit earlier. You know, a lot of our players that sort of sit the tier below have gone off to play um, club footy in, in Auckland, which is a completely different kettle of fish. Um, what would we like to see the NRL do to help rebuild the club? That's a tough one because we don't even know when the club's going to get back to some sort of normality and, and have a home base. So, um, yeah, there's still a lot all up in the air. Having um, Gus Gould there was a good step for a while, but now he's sort of backed off to to help out the Bulldogs as well. And, yeah, that's a tough one, Nigel. Um, yeah. If I knew, If I knew, I might apply for a job. So well, I was going to say, actually, do they need rebuilding? I mean, there's, 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 no, there's, there's an assumption here they need rebuilding. Do they need rebuilding? Well, they need something because they haven't got anything. Um, so that is kind of rebuilding because they're building from nothing. So, Nigel, uh, you're still watching. You can write down, Richard didn't answer your question. Um, <laughs> but but he skirted around it. He, he skirted around it like a champion. So I give him points for that. Um, in terms of them being the most affected, they are, yep, because everyone else's camps are in Australia and they can, well, up until recently, they could kind of travel around and do all that stuff. Um, we did have the Jersey flag team, which was doing really well. As I mentioned earlier, they were going to Australia and playing the Jersey flag teams there, getting some great experience and actually beating them, which was a great sign for the youngsters. Then COVID happened, they all got sent back. Um, 
Gil did get stuff in place and they've actually hired people um, at his request to do certain things to develop the pathways. The biggest issue though is you can have those pathways, but if we can't send them to play teams in Australia, mm. it's all for nothing because then there we've got players developing and then they're going to end up stuck in the, the local comp, which isn't at the level um, it should be, i.e. I've played in that. So um, if I'm playing, in that, <laughs> it's not that great. Um, don't don't, don't, don't but, yourself down. You, you're, you're one injury away from, from, from the big time. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe a plane crash so a whole team got wiped out or something. Um, <laughs> or just general fitness rather than injury, but no. Um, yeah. But um, they need to do something. It's always a tough margin because the NRL, the NRL really don't have to do anything if they wanted to be pricks about it. Um, as long as the Warriors have a team, they don't care if they're good or bad, as long as they've got 16 teams. Yeah. Um, it keeps the money coming in. And um, the what the Warriors need to kind of do right now is there's a lot of NRL teams that have – um, camps in New Zealand where the Roosters have got one in Ellerslie um, where they get local players and get them early, develop them and then send them to Australia when they can. At the moment, they don't have a lot of that freedom because of COVID. So now's really the time to try to strike and get a lot of those young players that all these other teams are trying to take. But they need to do something. That, I forgot to mention it. This um, Sunday, uh, they were meant to be playing at Mount Smart, as we all knew, um, mm. and that's not happening anymore. But the development players are actually playing a game at Mount Smart, so they got um, they split the development into two teams, and they're playing um, to do stuff. They need to be a bit more creative at the moment um, to do things like that. Where even if you have to play yourselves, or you've got um, first graders that currently aren't playing first grade play against them or do something until things open up. It, they're really stuck in a holding pattern until the the borders open because you want your young boys playing Australian teams to develop um, just because we don't have the, the skill sets here. So I don't even know if I answered the question, but I said a I mean, lot not, of things. But uh, Simon makes a good point that um, – as part of the new TV deal, um, Sky are supposed to be helping uh, develop the grassroots level here in New Zealand. I mean, have you seen anything of that so far? Um, not as yet, but it's because there's basically been nothing. It's not something that's going to develop overnight. It's it's literally getting everything in the in the pathways, as they say. They they like using pathways a lot because. It's a different beast to what the Australians are used to because the Warriors are competing not only against 15 other NRL clubs, but there's this little team that likes wearing a black jersey that's running around. Um, mm. That's where the majority of your talent disappears to. Yeah, see, look, some stupid, yeah. Um, it's some team that seems to only get better once they take league players, but um, <laughs> we'll we're, we're leave it there. We, it's an argument for another time. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're always fighting the battle against Union. Um, I know from my experience when I was in high school, I wasn't allowed to play league. Um, it was Union or nothing. Um, that was the school's prerogative. So you've even got things like that where um, 
you've got schools kind of telling you you're not going to play that thug sport. You're going to play um, yeah. union. So there's, my, they've got battles everywhere. My school <laughs> didn't even my school didn't even have a league team. It was just union yeah. or nothing. So they're fighting that battle as well. Um, yep. But yeah, it's yeah, it, it's it's a long progress. Uh, it's the money in that from Sky is going to help, but it's not something we're going to see bear fruit in the next couple of years. Cool. Uh, that's the questions from the live chat, guys. Cool. Nice. So we'll go into our Thug Life section with our questions. Um, <laughs> so um, I'll go with my one first because I feel like your one might go a bit longer. Um, sure. Will Chambers was the talk of the town this week with the sledging. Um, what is your opinion on his sledging and sledging in general? Oh, all right. So <laughs> his sledging, I, I don't know exactly what was said. I've heard little things from NRL 360, James Hooper and whatnot, that maybe he went a bit personal and we're talking about people's families and wives, that kind of thing I'm not a fan of. Sledging in general, it's a favourite pastime of Australians, isn't it? Like um, it is, yeah. you, look at, you look at their cricket teams or their league teams, they do it. The key thing is to have a thick skin and not let it get to you. And that's where Kane Evans really let himself down on the weekend by basically taking the bait and throwing a couple punches. Whereas if he just played hard, smashed him in some tackles, uh, he wouldn't have got simbined and we would probably be talking about a, a much more comfortable win for the Warriors. So um, I don't think you're going to get rid of sledging. It's just going to happen. It's ingrained in the game. It's ingrained in the psyche of Australian sports. Uh, you just got to be the bigger man and, and and rise above it legally. You continue to disappoint me. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love sledging. Um, the thing here, though, yeah. The thing here, though, is um, it's a different opinion than what I've seen in the media and from other people. But um, Chambers has always been known as a sledger, but he's usually on a team winning. I think there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing stupider than you sledging when you're behind. Um, when yeah. your team's not doing well and you're sitting there and like he he might like everyone was saying that he he won because um hit back from his sledging, the Warriors have had three suspensions, but the Warriors won because of him as well, because he didn't know how to tackle and he dropped off a tackle on you and Aiken. Um, well, that's the that's what I the way I look at it too, mate. He did that last week yeah. for five or six minutes against um, who was it? Dylan Walker. Dylan Walker. Uh, yeah. That game he missed six tackles and got hooked. Yeah. This game he, he missed, missed six tackles and he missed the game-winning try. Um, and now he's been dropped. So who wins really? Yeah. So yeah, as much as I, I don't mind sledging. Yeah. There's I, I don't have a lot of limits in terms of sledging myself, but there that. are limits. Um, there are limits and. You gotta. It's very similar to I think we were talking about like, a few weeks ago about how some players speak to their teammates. You gotta know, like you might like I might be able to say something to you, Richie, that I might not be able to say to Paul because you yeah. guys would take it differently. Um, so oh, you gotta pick and choose. I've known you. Um, um, I've known you twenty odd years, Brad, and I think all all twenty of those years you've been dating my mum. So I know you like a pledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's, it is what it is. Um, but you've got to back it up. 
like yeah you you piss some people off and you got yourselves some ball and and whatnot but you're not winning games you, you got to yeah. win games and that's why he got dropped because he might be talking the talk but he isn't walking the walk agreed yeah 100 percent. and um your question for me all right, time to thug life, thug life bait again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our good old mate Jack Hetherington, we love him. You love him. I love him. Great player. Plays very aggressively and at, at the threshold quite often. Um, he got Simbin again on the weekend. I thought it was yeah. a really weak, weak call from the officials. I've seen far worse, even very recently, let go with nothing. Do you think he's now been targeted by referees just because of his reputation and previous indiscretions. Yeah. What's your thoughts on yeah. that? I mean, that, that doesn't seem like a very fair go for, for Jack. It's, um, it's again, cliche. Cause I'm saying a Simbin shouldn't have been a Simbin. I think it was, it was an aggressive tackle, but I don't think there was anything Simbin worthy in it. No, but he, he is the guy that's known for getting Simbin every game, basically. So I, for him, he has to basically play to the letter of the law every time. So there's nothing. I think even if he did, I think if he hit someone chest height and they acted like they got hurt, he'd probably get sent to the bin because that's his reputation. Um, he has no one to blame but himself for that reputation. Um, he's got himself in that situation by being um, reckless. Reckless is probably the nicest way to say it um, in the past. But yeah. Um, getting getting punished on your reputation isn't what should be happening in a game. Um, no, you should be punished for your actions. And yeah, it's gonna it's gonna set a bad example um, for any guy. Like even I'm trying to think, I can't think of any other players out there right now that kind of have that similar reputation. Um, maybe maybe Victor Radley. Victor Radley, yeah. So is it like Victor Radley said he wasn't going to change his attacking or like his defending style, and he hasn't, but we haven't seen him get pinged on it as much mm. anymore, where um, Jack probably does need to make some adjustments, but um, it almost feels like every time he makes a tackle, there's a penalty involved. Um, and I don't think he's making illegal tackles every tackle. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think... If, it, if we see it forming a habit, I think it might be something the Bulldogs need to speak with um, the the refs about. About like you're you're picking on our guy because he's got a reputation as a as a meathead thug. Um, we we need to kind of sort this out because it's affecting it's affecting games now. Yeah, um, well, you, you d he's an aggressive player. The last thing you want um, is to have to is to have him dial it back because I think that makes him far less um, effective as a player. You know, his whole game is aggression. You know, as long as he's doing it within the the areas where he should be, then there shouldn't be a problem yeah. with that. Yeah, exactly. And um, I also had a question from Andrew, the editor of Nothing But League, but we're running super long, so I'm going to keep that question for us next week. Um, so I've still got it here. And, um, Andrew, I know you listen later on. Um, due to the time difference in Australia, but we'll answer your question next week. Um, so we may as well go straight into our predictions for round 22. Um, Richie? Okay. So we, we've got it here. Um, Thursday night, we've got the Storm and Raiders. 
I've gone with the Storm. I think you, you're kind of silly if you're um, picking against the Storm at the moment. Yep, hundred percent. I went Storm, which helps the Warriors and our, gla- yep. our faint glimmer of hope. <laughs> Definitely. Um, first game on Friday, we've got the Dragons and the Panthers. Um, kind of rinse and repeat from the first game. I've gone with Panthers because I just don't see them struggling against the Dragons. No, Panthers will win that one again. Helps the Warriors. Helps helps the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last game on Friday, we got the Broncos Roosters. I've gone with the Roosters. Um, they're still one of the top teams despite their injuries, and the Broncos are still, as much as they're fighting, I don't think they've got what it takes to beat the Roosters. So, yeah, Roosters look a class above. I've I've gone same as you. Yeah. Um, first game on Saturday, we've got Rabbitohs Titans. I've gone with the Rabbitohs. I think Titans have been showing some great form, but I think the the Rabbitohs are on another level compared to them. Yep, I would pick Rabbitohs. It's so hard to pick against in the last few weeks. They're playing amazing, and I really hope this isn't the week that stops because this would help the Warriors. <laughs> there's a there's a thing going here. <laughs> um, the second game on Saturday is the the game we've actually got different here. We've got the Cowboys versus Tigers. I've gone with the Tigers because um, I feel it's that that lack of desire I think is going to affect the Cowboys and Jason Tomalolo is not playing. Um, both teams aren't great by any means, but I think that might give them the edge. Both teams have been a dog's breakfast, to be honest. Um, Cowboys are on an eight-game streak, so sure, surely th- that eight-game losing streak has to come to an end. And I... Who better than the Tigers? They tend to, if they win one, they tend to drop the next game. So I'm, I'm following the pattern. Yeah. Definitely. And then the last game on Saturday, we've got Seagulls versus the Eels. I've gone with Seagulls. The Eels continue to fall. And um, I think, yeah, despite losing against the Panthers, uh, the Storm, sorry, I think the Seagulls are just too good right now. Yeah, Seagulls too good. Eels, no read money. Uh, and they're in a hole. I think yep. Eagles do that one. And then um, first game on Sunday, we've got Warriors-Bulldogs. Um, both of these games getting played at Redcliffe as well. I forgot to mention that um, they're getting some games at Redcliffe, which is good to see. But I've gone with the Warriors here. It's always nerve-wracking for me when the Warriors are playing the last-place team because it seems to be a game they sometimes slip on. But I think they're going to be too strong um, for the Bulldogs, so I'm picking them here. Fingers, toes, everything crossed. Everything crossed, but yes, I've tipped the Warriors. Nice. And then the last game, we've got the Sharks-Knights. This was probably one of the harder ones for me to pick, but I've gone with the Knights. I think um, the Sharks, they they just don't seem to know how to win right now, and I think the Knights, um, with Mitchell Pierce back, I think will have enough to get, get over them here. Yeah, I, I went Knights as well. Um, both teams have a lot to play for, but I think the Knights have got all their key pieces of the puzzle back and the Sharks are still missing their one key, big key piece of their puzzle. So um, Knights for me. Definitely. Um, so that's our picks. Um, I think we, we had Simon's picks there, Paul. Can you find them again? I've lost them. There we go. So Simon's picked the Storm by 14, Panthers by 8, Roosters by 8, Titans by 4, Cowboys by 6, Seagulls by 8, Warriors by 8, and Knights by 4. Hopefully he gets Um, that Titans one wrong. 
fingers crossed he does yeah um <laughs> but yeah um and i see he's actually asked a question about the the warriors there too um saying have the warriors ever played a match on thursday no they never have uh, um i don't know why i think it's probably to do with the time difference um i don't know yeah. i don't know why they they seem to to luck out on that same as on the mondays i don't i think we might have had one monday game when they used to play monday night football um yeah. but yeah so yeah all got the same picks bar that tigers cowboys game so there'll be a definite leader um next week it might also be travel related in the fact around turnaround between between weeks or when, yeah. when, they're, when they're based in new zealand true very true yeah yeah exactly um <laughs> Yeah, so we, we've run Super Long again, like we did last week. Um, so we we won't cover the Super League again. There wasn't really much to say. Um, Warrington versus Hull FC got postponed due to some Hull FC players getting COVID. Um, for some reason, though, their game this week is still scheduled. They're meant to be playing um, Catalan. So at the moment, they're, they're still classed to be okay to play. And Willie Poaching is being promoted to coach Wakefield Trinity. They were my news that I had for Super League. Awesome. Um, so a, big, a massive one in the, uh, in the in the live chat. Um, yeah. So there's been some talk about restructuring the competition over the last couple of weeks. And apparently Sky TV in the UK, which is a different company to Sky Sky over here in New Zealand, has said that the competition has got two years to get their um, act in order and to improve the uh, level of the competition or there's no no new TV deal. Wow. Which would be that? That would be a massive um, loss to the uh, to them. So, yeah, potentially some pretty serious stuff needs to happen in the UK. Uh, yeah, around this. I, so we'll, to, we'll, we'll keep an in eye their on defense. And, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. In their defense, I don't think COVID's helped them a lot the last two years. Yeah, um, it's really affected them. Like almost every week, there's a game or two postponed. Um, games are getting chopped and changed everywhere, which it doesn't help you with your Sky TV deal if even your fans don't know when you're playing um, or they go to watch you and you've been cancelled and there's a game you didn't even know was on on instead. Um, trying to keep in track of it for results, even for this show, or like, and trying to watch it has been a nightmare. Um, games get cancelled and you have to be an internet sleuth to try to figure out what happened. Um mm -hmm because they even the Super League website doesn't promote that a game's been postponed. It just ceases to exist. They remove it, and you have to go and find it on another website to find out why. So if I think if it was NRL and I go to watch the game on Sunday with the Warriors and all of a sudden there's a replay of a Warriors game from five years ago because the game was cancelled and they forgot to tell me, um, I'd be disappointed too. So, yeah, look, I think there's I mean, obviously the NRL has got more cash at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, and um, but what they have done is when there's been a problem, they've all head off to a certain location where they can keep, keep playing. Um, have had some pretty strict protocols where like, was it like, a, like a player went onto a balcony um, and uh, got done for, for COVID for COVID breach. I mean, that's a, that's really harsh. I mean, uh, so yeah, they they've they've really yeah. have have properly bubbled and go right this we are going to go ahead and, and we will do what we have to i'm not sure that the super league has got the same cash or maybe has not gone to the same lengths uh, and hence that's why they're losing games 
But anyway, uh, that's pure conjecture on my part as I don't follow Super League at all. But uh, that would be my guess. Yeah, it's yeah. They they seem to be a little bit less strict on trying to keep yeah. their players. Um, and yeah, like Simon said, their Super League they're only committed to have two games, like or like twice a week type thing. So they're not even as strict as the NRL. The NRL need to have at least eight games a week or they lose money. Yeah, um, which is why they went so hard and gave the Warriors so much help last year to bring them over. Because if the Warriors didn't go, it effectively cost the NRL millions of dollars. Yep. So, um, yeah. And, cool. um, yeah, Simon also said about the protocols there. They they yeah, seem to be I, doing what they I, want. Yeah, what, I, what I suggested, yeah. Before yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's it for tonight, everyone. Um, so thank you for joining us tonight and joining them on the standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on Rugby League. Tune into our show next week at 8 p.m., um, here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. You guys got anything else you want to add before we sign off? Uh, no. Thanks, everybody, for chewing the fat with us again. It's a good time. Uh, this was the 49th episode, folks. So look out for the next episode, which will be f- number 50. Number 50, milestone. that's right. We so, can raise uh, the bat. Milestone time. <laughs> Catch you all next time. Cool. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.